Hello, precious brothers and sisters. Hey, have you ever said something to somebody and what you said was not necessarily what they heard or what you even meant? My name is Jody Coward, and I would like to welcome you to the Blood of the Lamb Ministries' new podcast, Twisted Perspectives. Twisted Perspectives is about expressions that you've often heard, but we've put a new and slightly twisted biblical perspective on them. And occasionally, we'll even discuss some other biblical topics. Hello, brothers and sisters. Today on Twisted Perspectives, I'm going to do something a little different, as you can imagine. It may go a little long on the teaching, but it's very vital that I cover this information. So today, our episode on Twisted, Frost on the Windows. When certain weather conditions are right, when the outside and inside temperatures are at a certain degree, when the humidity is at the perfect percentage, frost will magically appear on your windows in your home. It doesn't happen all the time. It only happens when certain conditions are met. Have you ever really took the time to examine that frost? It's made up of millions of tiny little ice crystals formed from the moisture that's in the air. The cool thing is the crystallized water in the form of frost has always been there, but in a dimension that we cannot see. But when all these conditions are met, the frost is manifested, and a bridge appears between what you can see and what you can't see. And you know, that got me thinking. I'm kind of wondering if worship works much the same way. God's manifested presence appears when our worship creates an atmosphere for Him to inhabit, even though He's always there. He loves it when these conditions get met, and He comes running because He cannot resist it. Frost on the Windows Today in our Twisted Perspective, I made the suggestion that maybe our worship is connected with God's manifested presence. So let's go and look and focus on some things that hopefully will help us create an atmosphere that is conducive to manifesting the presence of the one true living God of Israel. And I'd also like to look at somewhat kind of different aspect of worship, or maybe, so to speak, a twisted perspective on the subject. In John chapter 4 is the story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. We've discussed these scriptures in previous episodes, but what I'd like to do is get you to pay attention to verse 23. Jesus said that the hour is coming and now is when the worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. He said these words, Now is the time for the true worshiper. So that got me to question, well, what is a true worshiper? Well, let's look. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, in the Message Bible, it tells us that we are presenting ourselves to God for His service, for His plans, His desire, His will. And this is our true worship, and embracing what God has done for us and all that He does do for us. Most of us have allowed the culture around us to infect us, all of us to some degree or another. We've all become adjusted to it, so much so that we really don't even think about it anymore. No, instead we should be making Jesus the focus and 
object of our attention. He is the creator and we are his creation. Jesus is the king and we are his regents. We are his ecclesia. We are his church. We are his bride and we are his ministers. Yes, I said ministers, but not in the traditional sense that you're probably thinking. Oh, no, no, no. You see, when you hear the word minister, you probably think of it in one or two ways. One, you think of it as a preacher preaching to you like in a church service. Or you think of yourself ministering to a friend, a loved one, or a fellow believer. But hey guys, check this out. In Revelation chapter 5 verse 10, you read the words that the 24 elders are singing a song of what Jesus has done and that he has made us kings and priests. Notice he said, made us priest and kings, but we're going to focus on priest. So let's see if we can find out exactly what a priest is and what a priest does. In Exodus 19, verse 6, in the Amplified Bible, we read the words that we will be made unto him a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. That's a bunch of us. Now, the next word I want to focus on is minister. According to Google, BibleStudyTools.com, a minister is one who serves as a distinguished one to the master. In other words, the minister-priest job is to do the will of the master, fulfill his pleasure. And I really hope that you all understand that we are all his ministers and his priests. This is not just an honor that is reserved for those that we consider to be in the ministry. We are all priests and ministers unto God the Father. So that brings the question to me. Exactly what is God's will and his desire for his ministers when it comes to our worshiping of him? Yeah, I know that sometimes I ask questions that come right out of left field. I, I know I do that. But really, what is God's will or his purpose concerning the worship of his priest? I know we're supposed to worship in spirit and truth, and I get that. Jesus told the woman at the well that. I totally get that. But could there possibly be more to it? Well, in Psalm 29, verse 2 of the Passion Translation, it says that we are to be wearing the glory garments of our holy, set-apart, priestly calling. So what exactly are these glory garments that we're supposed to wear? Yes, I know we're supposed to wear the full armor of God. I put that on myself practically every day, especially if I leave the house. But is there more? You do realize that royal priests have more than one change of clothes, don't you? In Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1, 3, and 10, from the New King James Version, Jesus quoted this scripture right after he came out of the wilderness and went into the synagogue, and he said this when he finished saying it, that today the scripture is fulfilled in your saying. And in there, he says that God sent him to give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God sent him to give us garments of salvation and that he has clothed us with a robe of righteousness. So now that we have our worship garments that's already been clothed on us, kind of like frost on the windows, we are all dressed up with nowhere to go. Really? I don't think so. Psalm 95 verses 1 through 6 tells us to come before his presence with thanksgiving and kneel before our master. 
And I want you to notice this process. Psalm 100, verses 2 through 5. We are to come before his presence with thanksgiving. We are to enter his gates with thanksgiving. And we are to enter his court with praise. Now, in a kingdom mindset, here's how this thing works. You make a request to have an audience with the king through your thanksgiving, as in be in his presence. You're making a request to be in his presence. You're coming into the gates with thanksgiving, and that ushers you into the court where he is to be praised. Now, understand this, that in the kingdom that we're talking about, the kingdom of God, we are granted access to these privileges to make the request to enter the gates and enter the court, all because of the blood of Jesus through our worship. The king's response, he sends a representative, and in our case, it's the Holy Spirit. He comes and escorts us from the court right into the throne room in the presence of our king. Now listen, these are just protocols of the kingdom. And I like to believe that once we learn and apply these principles and these protocols, it will greatly assist us in our desire to seek out God's presence and to experience his life-changing manifestation only the presence of God can give us. Let's tie our lesson in with our twisted episode of Frost on the Windows. To experience the frost on the window, we must learn how to set our part of this equation into motion. You see, all the elements are already there. God, well, he's omnipresent, so he's always there. Our praises and our thanksgiving are already there because God put them in us. It's our responsibility to express these prayers of thanksgiving and praise. We need to let them out and let them out into the atmosphere. And when we do, the conditions are set and they have the potential for the Creator to be suddenly manifested and a bridge be formed that appears between us and the heavens. And then suddenly we see frost on the windows and this bridge between the unseen and the seen appears. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Father, I lift my listeners up to you. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, Father. I ask you, Father, to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you draw them to you and that you take this word and let it come alive in them and that their desire become, Father, to see the glory of your manifested presence, not simply seeking your hand, Father, in the things you can do and the things that we're believing you for, but to seek just you and be like David, a man after or a woman after God's own heart. Draw us to you, Father. And Holy Spirit, help us to set the conditions right for the manifested glory of God to be manifested to us. We give you praise, we give you glory for all of it, Father, in the precious name of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Hey, thank you guys. Seriously, send me your prayer request. I've got a prayer team ready, willing, and able to pray over your request. Love you guys.
I'd like to thank you for taking your time to listen to our podcast today. If you would like to contact us with your questions, your comments, or even your prayer request, you can do so at jodycoward59 at gmail.com. That's J-O-D-Y-C-O-W-A-R-D 59 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, remember, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies.